We got Sean Merriman now, the Lights Out podcast. Appreciate him joining us as he often does on Monday. Happy holidays! You have a good, uh, you have a good Christmas. I did, man. I had some uh, pizza and whiskey and a cigar. I was uh, so happy. <laughs> that, that was, that's that was a hell, good for me. that's a hell of a combo. By the way, uh, I saw you posted. I put pictures up of my kids too. Your son is an LSU fan. What what have you done as a Maryland guy? Like my, I'll tell you this: my ten year old has. So I grew up a Tennessee fan. Grew up here in the state of Tennessee in Nashville. And, you know, Alabama is the longtime hated rival of the University of Tennessee. And my son has turned into a huge Alabama fan. And I'm like, I don't want to tell him who, what teams he can root for. So, uh, so I took him to a Bama-LSU game, the one last year with Joe Burrow when the LSU went off. And it's like, you know, when you're a kid, whatever teams are really good when you're growing up, you tend to gravitate to. Is that what happened to your son? I saw him in some LSU gear. No, I, I think I made a ton of mistakes as a dad that I should have, you know, <laughs> you, you got to look at spending more time or, you know, something I said, maybe he's doing something out of spite. You, you know, no, my, my son is actually like I was growing up. I never had a favorite football team, even though I grew up in uh, the PG County, Maryland area. So, you know, yep. re- really, I'm supposed to be a Redskins fan, but I never was. But I love that team that he had. I love watching Art, Art, Monk, Art Monk and, um, and Ripken and, and these great players. Um, and he's the same thing. He loves uh, Juice Landry. He loves Odell. He loves Tyron Matthew. He loves you know all these guys, the LSU boys. So that's why he's wearing it. But he got some Maryland gear coming, man. I'm not going to let that slip. Uh, we're talking to Sean Marion. By the way, did you? So we were talking about this off air uh, a little bit. NFL, you know, being a Pro Bowler, being a big time player. Did you get excited still and feel a little bit childlike when you got to play in the snow and or did you ever get to play in a real snow game? Would that be something where in the locker room dudes would be excited about? Because, you know, like I remember being in college, for instance, and we would play uh, we'd play games, you know, just sat every Saturday we'd, or Sunday we'd get out and we'd play. I went to school in D.C. on the, the fields down there by the National Mall. And a couple of different times when we were in college, we got to play tackle football in the snow. And, you know, you're 21, 22 years old. It's like you feel like you're nine years old again, right? Like a kid in the snow. Is it still like that a little bit in the locker room? Did you ever get to play in a real snow game? And was there a different vibe or a different feel to it? You know, I grew up on the East Coast. So, you know, playing in the snow and playing in the cold uh, wasn't a problem. I was used to it. Uh, but I played my last couple years in Buffalo, and that's a different kind of cold up there, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Because, you know, you got the wind coming off of the lakes, and it's just a completely different atmosphere. Playing in the cold is never the problem. Um, you know, I, I remember you know, playing with the Chargers and playing against the Bills. Uh, they had this, I guess, what do you call it, a ritual, whatever, you, you know, a tough man thing where, oh, yeah, we're going to uh, make them cold, and they're not going to be able to play in the cold. So during the week, what they'll do is go out and have a couple practices in the cold, well, you know, scientists will tell you your body doesn't you get used to the cold. You just you, you can't get acclimated to the cold. Uh, but no, it was never a problem. The only the coldest game I played in was in 2007 uh, against the Patriots, the AFC Championship game. And it was 11 or 12 degrees outside and below, you know, way below zero. And it wasn't snowing, so the snow doesn't bother you. It's the cold and the wind. When you have the cold and the wind, it changes the ball games, your fingertips, your nose, your toes. And you know, I spent half the time on the sidelines fighting over the heaters because, you know, they have two heaters at the end of the oh, yeah. And you know, I'll never forget, I, I, I almost got in a, a physical fight with Nate Kading, the kicker, <laughs> uh, who was over there. I said, you know, you better move your ass out the way because, you know, you only got to play about 10 snaps this whole game. And, uh, you know, and I got so close to the vents and my, my gloves actually melted on my hand. Yeah. 
uh, a little bit because I was fighting trying to get uh, closer to the vent. It was so cold outside. So it's never really the snow. It's it's always the cold. It's funny you mention that. We do uh, every year when I did local radio in Nashville, we would do a toy field. It's a great thing they do uh, at the local station here uh, at the Titan Stadium, and everybody can bring their gifts, and you try to fill up as much of this field as they can put in front. And one day we were there, and it was so – I don't know what it was. It must have been like 10 or 15 degrees. We were doing an outdoor show, and they had those big space heaters, um, you know, the, the things that put off a ton of heat, right? So every commercial break – We'd run over there and, you know, get lined up in front of it. And my pants caught on fire, you know, like, I mean, it literally melted. Like I had like, you know, like a couple different layers on. And when you got different layers on, you don't feel it as much. And I look down, I'm like, man, I'm on fire. (laughs) And I had to put it out, but that's how cold it was. And those are still some of the same stuff. It's the same exact stuff that they use on the sideline. Um, And and it's pretty wild to, uh, to see how that gets shaken out. All right, speaking of wild. So I took my family down to Universal Studios, had an amazing time, uh, early Christmas present for my boys. And I was in line and, you know, I'm checking my phone while I'm in line. And I see that Dwayne Haskins, who is, you know, first round draft pick, supposed to be the future of the Washington franchise, that in addition to the fact that they lost the game on Sunday, he then went to a strip club and got photographed in the strip club in the middle of all this COVID stuff. Everybody's got teammates and coworkers who have done dumb things in life. What do you think the locker room reaction is when you're starting quarterback? I mean, they stripped his champ, his captaincy, right? I mean, they pulled it right off, gave it to Chase Young, yeah. who's a freak, and we talked about uh, last week, I think, or the week before with you. What do you think the locker room reaction is when they see that? Not only went to a strip club, which obviously you shouldn't be doing while everybody's trying – to avoid testing positive for COVID, but did it and got his picture taken there as well. It gets out, and then he gets benched as the the football team uh, loses against uh, the Panthers this weekend. Yeah, and so this is how I feel about that. Obviously, um, yeah, I know Dwayne Haskins. He's you know he grew up in Maryland, and I've uh, been hearing about it for a long time. Great kid, great dude, great person. Um, but what we're seeing is a lot of immaturity, and. Um, your team captain, and not only your team captain, you're the quarterback. See, it's a different. You have a different outlook from the rest of your teammates when you're a quarterback. If there was a linebacker or a defensive lineman, a cornerback, wide receiver, you, you're frowned upon. A guy in the strip club, he's putting people at risk. He's you, frowned upon. He'll get fined. Uh, you know, maybe a, a little bit of locker room chatter. But as a starting quarterback of a franchise, you're the CEO of that franchise. Yep. You lead that whole franchise. You have to act accordingly. And it's unfortunate because we're, we're we have you know all of us. And I've been there. All of us is you have to watching him grow up in front of the public eye. So we're watching all these young, dumb mistakes. And unfortunately, in today's time, those are the things that people are going to associate with you. Those are the things they're going to remember about you the most, especially, especially when you're not playing well. Now, if you're out there, you're just killing it. You have an Justin Herbert type of season. Uh, you're a young guy. You're playing extremely well. Uh, and then you go out and make a mistake, okay, you'll, they'll slap you in the back of the wrist and say, hey, don't do it. You don't get stripped of your team captain. You may get fined a little bit, but then you move on to the next game and people forget about it. It's the connection with him not playing well and also not being a team leader that is really uh, is going to plummet him faster uh, than a lot of these people. And I don't want to make these comparisons uh, at all, but you, know, you, you have to when you're a first-round draft pick, you're a top-ten draft pick. Uh, but, you know, uh, Jamarcus Russell, you know, he's a guy that came in with a ton of talent, big arm, uh, very skilled, could have been a great pro, 
but just didn't take things seriously. And um, or or Ryan Leaf, right? A Ryan oh, Leaf's another yeah. good example, right? Like Ryan Leaf yeah, comes and, in, has and, the ability to do everything, falls apart. Yeah, and you know these guys are, are more than talented. I mean, look, you don't get drafted that high um, for any reason unless somebody sees something in you. Period. And and you are a proven uh, player, and we know he's capable. We've seen it this year. We've seen flashes that he can go, he can play, but he's not consistent. He's not playing well. And on top of that, you being a team distraction, and that's where. Uh, people are really going to start coming down on him. And he, look, he's, I'm not going to say he's going to be out the league if this continues or anything like that. But, you know, we can very much watch him be a backup quarterback until he uh, just learns to mature a little bit and learns he, to understand that you're the CEO of a franchise. And the whole team, the whole franchise, the organization is relying on what you do. We're talking to Sean Merriman. Uh, all right, so let's break down some of these division races and what we saw. Seahawks get the win over the Rams. Jared Goff, I mean, it seems to me like Sean McVay is just thoroughly disgusted with him, right? They came out and lost last week to the Jets. And then you think, okay, well, we'll see how they perform going forward. And they don't score a touchdown. They can't uh, get into the end zone. What do you think going forward of Jared Goff? And what is the significance in your mind of the Seahawks winning that division? Well, going forward, Jared Goff, and I've always said this about him, um, he's not going to play well unless you put the pieces to the puzzle around him and they're playing well. When, when they're playing well in offense, they're running the ball effectively, you know, they're making some big plays and catches and stuff like that. He looks, I mean, he looks like a good, a really good quarterback. But he's not capable, in my opinion, he's not capable of going out there winning the game by himself. You know, he has to get great play from the offensive line. He has to get great play in them running the ball. They have to dial up. Sean McVay has to dial up the right plays to call in order for him to go out and play well. He's not going to go out and wow you with anything miraculous himself. Uh, now, he's gotten away with it because that defense, they, they've turned the ball over, over for him. they got Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and all these guys. They, they get out the guys up there in the front seven. So that bails them out a whole lot, and they play well in other phases of the game. But if, he, if, it's, if it's on him, if the game is on his shoulders, he's not going to go out and win you a ton of football games. We're talking to Sean Merriman, breaking down some of these big uh, division situations. The Steelers come out of nowhere. They were down 24-7. to They had lost three straight games, looked like they were headed for their fourth straight. Then they suddenly get hot in the second half. How significant was that outcome in your mind, and did it allay any of your concerns about the Steelers going forward, or do you still have the same concerns? I still had the same concern, but you know it was really good for them because right now the last thing you want is we lose a four straight heading into the playoffs. That is the last thing you want because the locker room is like a funeral. Uh, you, you walk around there and it's not a good taste, and you guys got a really good record. I mean, it's nothing. You know, you've been playing well all season, but the momentum will be going the other way. So it was important for them to get this win. But I think over the last you know four weeks they've been exposed in certain areas. Um, you know, I think that there's. Obviously, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, there's been some distractions with Juju and um, and just adding the fuel to the fire. And I don't think anything wrong. Well, I like Juju as a, as a person. I like Juju as a player. Uh, but, you know, when you play on a team where uh, you're putting the other 10 guys in jeopardy because of something you're doing, you're becoming bulletin board material, then you have to think about stopping. You know, you have to think about stopping. And it's ultimate disrespect. No matter what anybody want to say, it's the ultimate disrespect to go and dance on anybody's logo. 
Now, I get it. They'll say uh, that, you know, they were winning all season. Nobody complained. Nobody said anything. But now that it's become more of a, a public matter, um, you become they become bulletin board material. And look at the guys and what they, how they celebrate the things they say um, after they make a big hit on Juju or after they beat the Steelers. You know, it's always mocked because of what he's doing. And, you know, fortunately they came back and won this game, and it seems like they got things back on track. But I do believe the last four games, they have been exposed in some areas. Do you think, uh, and Sean Merriman with us, encourage you to go listen to the Lights Out podcast. The The Chiefs are on an unbelievable run. I think they're, what, 23-1 and one in their last 24 since November the 11th of last year. They've only lost one game. That was to the Raiders. But they've won now, I think it is, seven straight games by six or fewer points. Are you concerned at all about what you're seeing from them? They beat the Falcons 17-14, or is this just a team that feels so unthreatened in terms of when they're playing against anybody that they are waiting to just be able to flip a switch? No, I'm not concerned about them at all. In fact, you know, I was just making a joke about my charges that they won some of these games by six points or less. They won one extra four games this year. They'll probably be sitting yeah. around at you know eleven and five by the end of the season. You have to just be able to win those close games. I, I know that they have a great team over there, but some weeks uh, you're going to have to just squeeze a few of them out, and that's how what championship teams do. And look, this team that the Chiefs have, um, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. This explosive. Now, I'm, you know, we've had the, the greatest show on turf, and we had some explosive offenses. But with these guys, including Andy Reid, who dialed these plays up to be explosive, we've never seen a package like this before ever with these three or four guys on offense who could possibly you know, end up in the Hall of Fame somewhere one day and then a Hall of Fame coach like Andy Reid who continuously gets creative every week. They have a new wrinkle that you have to worry about, and they dial up plays specifically for what they can do. They're the most explosive team in football. So if I was them, I wouldn't be too concerned at all. We're talking to Sean Merriman, breaking down everything that happened in the NFL. Uh, when you see Alvin Kamara go for six touchdowns, I know it was on Christmas. He had his uh, green and his red cleats on. I mean, I feel like, if anything, that's being under-discussed in terms of how good he was. And then also Tom Brady going out and getting his team in the postseason again. How would you break down both of those guys? Those are games that happened before Sunday – but I feel like uh, they deserve a little bit of talk as well. Yeah, I, I never understood the um, the underappreciation for Alvin Kamara. I, I, I just never understood that because you, as a former defensive player, I'm watching him, and he's always shot out of a uh, out of a cannon. I mean, you see yeah. him touch the ball, he just looks faster, more explosive. Get, the way he gets through the hole, how how balanced he is, his uh, you know the way he you know gets yards after first contact. And the way you can catch the ball out the backfield and do so many different things, I just think that uh, you know we're underappreciating, undervaluing how good, how great he really is. Uh, probably because you got a Drew Brees over there, you got you know Sean Payton, who's a great coach, and you got some play, you know some pieces around them where uh, you know Michael Thomas and wide receiver, and we're not really appreciating the greatness of Alvin Kamara because this guy is he's a game breaker. And what I, when I say by that is every time he touches the field, you have to concentrate on and you have to worry about what he, what play he can hurt me on this play. And if you start paying attention to him and now, you know, uh, Michael Thomas or somebody else gets getting involved and Drew Brees is doing his thing. And then also that defense up front 
uh, Cameron Jordan, these guys, they're getting after you. They're, they're, I mean, Davis, the linebacker, they're, they're getting after you all over the field. And these guys, they're, the, they're probably not – it's hard to call them a sleeper because they, they're a great team, but I don't think they, they're being um, put up there enough with the, other great, with the other great organizations right now. The Browns lost to the Jets. Jets have now lost two games in a row, and so this is the last question for you as you break it down. When you look at uh, the Browns having to play without all those wide receivers – do you just toss that to the curb and say, like, this game is not in any way a normal game? Or do you go back in and say, this is a game that the Browns should have still won? No, no. I mean, look, you're missing that many pieces to the puzzle. And I don't want to give them a pass at all because they didn't play well. Uh, but it's hard to, to, to play the, it's hard to play well when you're missing the, the key pieces to your game. Um, and we've always said, and I've said this the whole season, when they play great defense and they're running the ball, they're unstoppable. They can play with the best of them. Every every NFL team in the league will have a problem playing when they're running the ball well and they're playing great defense. Uh, but that opens up for those wide receivers. And when they're not there, now you, you you're totally your mindset is not, hey, these guys hurt us on a, a big passing play or the wide receivers going to come out and do something against us. Let's take away what they're great at and let them these wide receivers that's in there find a way to beat us. And they didn't find a way to beat us, beat them without you know their key uh, key components. Sean Merriman, outstanding as always, my man. Uh, we'll hopefully talk to you next week and have a better big picture by then of who's going to be in the playoffs and where. Uh, have a good uh, New Year's, and we'll talk to you next week. You got it. You as well.